allowing yourself to form habits and steadiness in several aspects of your life, you are actually able to take far more risky decisions in a rational way because you've taken off the table, taken off quote unquote your cognitive load, number of things that you never have to think about. Hey, welcome to the Consultant with the Coach podcast today. I'm here with my good buddy, Josh. And you know, last week we dialed down, how do you survive a natural crisis? Well, more frequently I've found, or maybe it's because I've started not leading great, but how do you survive an organizational crisis? When something happens within the organization that we don't know what to do with. Yeah. And, um, um, I've survived several uh, for a number of different reasons, some of my own doing, some of just crazy came in the front door or back door or side door. So, hey, Josh, um, what was the scripture motivation for today? You know, we, we've been talking about a number of crises recently, um, and so I was trying to come up with something that was going to be uh, not duplicative, what we've already talked about. But the one verse that came to mind for me that we haven't used before, but I think applies to several podcasts we've used, but is Hebrews 13.8. That says Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and as it applies to this, I think a key learning for leaders is stability and steadfastness and steadiness um, is important at all times, but in particular during an organizational crisis. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you even just being the m- modest sport fan, sports fan that I am how many times the best teams, they will make a comment about a particular coach or maybe a star player is, oh, that guy's the same every single day, mm-hmm. right? And that's a huge it's reassuring. Compliment. Hugely reassuring. And so during an organizational crisis, you know, many people wonder, well, how am I supposed to prepare for a crisis I don't know is coming? You prepare by showing up the same every day from mm-hmm. now until whenever that crisis hits. And then you've already set your baseline. And then you show up the same during that crisis, you know, um, managing or coaching if you will to that hey, crisis can now. i can i throw myself under the bus sure go for it so if we, we do organizational 360s mm-hmm. and one of the biggest complaints against me in our organizational 360s eric is all over the board and i was like ah oh, crumb really hate i love and hate 360s now part of it is i can think so fast it looks like i'm all over the board in my head i'm not and to my executive team and even you know to my wife, she's like, oh, no, Eric's the same yesterday and today. He's always evolving. But for me as mm-hmm. a leader, mm-hmm. uh, some of it is we might not be changing, mm-hmm. but it appears. It appears that we're changing. And I've had to learn, okay, who do I share what with? If I have a crazy idea, I'm not going to share this with my frontline team members because right. they don't understand. Hey, this is just another crazy idea, and I know it's a crazy idea, but they think it's an imp- something that's being implemented. I think you should, you're asking. And me to so like you're right. As leaders, we need to be very, very consistent and aware of how we're showing up. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's it's um. It's not just showing up the same, but to your point, what you're talking about is being aware of how you're showing up to each individual, right? And trying to be as, as steady as you can be and instituting, you know, measures to control yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I, I love the verse that you shared as well, too, because God never changes. Right. All, no matter what crazy thing is happening in our organization, with our health, outside, God does not change by his very nature. Yep. And... I have to preach to myself consistently. Oh, yeah, what's the worst case scenario? It's not going to happen. 
But I still, okay, God's not going to change. Yep. Well, and I think, and I think too, recognizing that we're not God, we will change. Yes. But we have to have grace for ourselves in that process, even as we're striving to be um, that sort of steady um, anchor for our uh, teams. We, we will change. We are not perfect. We continue to evolve. But I think as we address these things, talk about these things, um, and like we've talked about in a lot of podcasts, maybe we'll get into today, um, if we build ourselves the proper community, that's a place we can go to bring our crazy ideas and our frustrations and our anger so that we have a place to let it out because we aren't perfect. Oh, absolutely. Um, but then we continue to show up to our teams, you know, as steady as we can. And I, I like in the show notes, one of the things you, you wrote under the, what is this? Well, as an organizational crisis happens, you wrote, you know, this is so we absorb chaos and emotions of others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking of, um, I'm not a fighter. You would know this if you saw me. I'm a former cross-country runner. But in a fight, if someone's going to hit you, mm-hmm. is it better to lean towards the punch or away from the punch? Actually, it depends. Sometimes going into it is actually the best way to do it. You're ruining my illustration. I know, but Say, I've, I've fought MMA. You haven't. That's true. <laughs> well, depends let, on let, where you let, meet them. Let me give you. Let me get what I'm saying. My, my thought was... Go out so it doesn't hit you as hard. Yeah. So, you know, you absorb it yeah. a little bit because you're going, you know, I, I'm thinking the physics. A leader is to absorb whatever organization. It's thing. assuming you can't get inside the punch. Yes. If you can get inside it, you can actually capture the momentum differently. But that's that's for neither here nor there. I'm just trying so to, just trying I, to I save wanna, you from I any of the fighters on our listening this is here. This my relationship gonna, you know. with Josh. Josh is so smart. I'm just trying to make a simple analogy. <laughs> Don't step into a punch and get hit. He's like, well, technically, there's <laughs> sub point three B. And you're you, right. You I know shoulder. you're right. I'm going to hit your shoulder first before you get that punch to me. That's my goal. But if I can't, you're absolutely right. This, I will step back. And this is why you're a brilliant consultant and i'm a coach <laughs> about that but <laughs> no you are a brilliant helps, helps that yeah. i've taken a, a year of mma mm-hmm. um but i've m- muscle memory forgotten most of it <clears throat> muay thai is fun too um but not <laughs> we're having way too much fun today we are the um but I think that, you know, there is a responsiveness. Like, there is there is a need to capture, you know, I think we had a good podcast a couple months back on emotions in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, like that, that's right? a good one. And, and that's, that's, that's one of the ones that comes to mind here is is being able to, being unchanging matters because it, it positions you to be able to absorb, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's the emotions, whether it's the chaos, whether it's the crisis. Like, we, we are able to then respond confidently, authoritatively, patiently, um, in ways that are helpful to kind of responding and building confidence that we have a plan put together or put to go on together relatively mm-hmm. quickly, even if we don't know yet ourselves what we're doing. Yeah. So, so what now, now this is vitally important. The why, you know, how do we handle an organizational crisis? If we don't, it literally can take out our organization. Mm-hmm. Why is this important? I could give you like 50 reasons why. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I even had two in the last two days. Now, granted, we have 70 team members and it's, it's, you know, there's a reason why some things have happened and what would have thrown me for a loop 10 years ago today is just, okay, it's another data point. I I should, it's not a data point, but what happened is we had a, a little mini 
mini department organizational mm-hmm. crisis. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened. Um, I can say this because it's already been fixed. We are an oxygen company, and literally one of our stores ran out of tanks. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I. What I allowed to have happen is my have my customer service team and my operations team. Their goal is to have tanks available. You come into our store, we have to have tanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we messed up. Mm-hmm. We thoroughly messed up. And I actually allowed it to bubble up to the surface because it was I, I was aware of it and I watched it the entire time. And by the way, we had tanks in our oxygen room, so it's not like we ran out. It was mm-hmm. like, guys, go get them. Mm-hmm. And I let it bubble up to prove to everyone, hey, this is a big deal. And two people got in an argument over it, and I, and they came to me, and I said, why don't you guys talk it out with a closed office door and see what happened? That happened last night, and today, I'm like, how'd it go? Oh, we're on the same page now. So some yeah. part, you know, you, it's, it's, it's not as big a deal as we think it is. It might just be two team members need to just talk in the office yeah. and then one of the things with an organizational crisis we have to follow up i followed up with my team today hey how'd the tank thing go oh it's all fixed mm-hmm. but i was playing with them i said i'm going to change names i'll say joe whose fault was it i don't know it was no one's fault yes it was we had a problem i said joe it was your fault he looks at me what and i looked at someone i said steve it was your fault then i said hey jose it was your fault and you know what it was my fault and it was so Mary's fault. And it was, and you know, and you can see where I'm going with this. When a crisis happens, if you have any fault in the crisis, if you have 1% fault, own it. And I have found that when I do that, mm-hmm. it really diffuses it. It's like leaning away from a punch. It still hurts. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I had to own it because really, I hired the person who did the, you know, that's on me. But if there's one 100th that we did, own it. Yep. Well, and I think along with that, I think that what I have seen some good leaders and some not so good leaders recognize is not only do they have, no matter what the crisis is, do they have some ownership in it they need to admit to, mm-hmm. but they have an, um, an oversized influence on how the organization responds. So another type of crisis that I've seen, unfortunately, way too many times is either uh, sexual harassment or um, sexual misconduct of some kind, um, affairs. And uh, it's interesting, the difference, it's not good, interesting, by the way. Um, It's interesting the difference between if that just happens between a couple of frontline employees versus if it's one of the key leaders in the organization. Oh, absolutely. And so this is to illustrate the point, right? If if you have one of the top C-suite leaders in the organization, which I've seen happen, and they have the sexual harassment or sexual misconduct or something, and versus if it's just a frontline employee. I mean, just think about the vast difference in impact one of those has, right? Oh wow. Um, and that that applies to any situation of leadership, right? And and the outsized influence that those leaders have on the culture and the response to a crisis, and or if they have a role in causing that crisis, it's it's massive. And so I think a lot of leaders I work with, and I don't know if it's a if it's a false humility, if it's an ignorance, don't underestimate the influence that those you, you as a key leader or the leader have in the organization coming into or coming out of the crisis. Because it, everything, I mean, I used to take me a long time to figure this out because I could never understand 
in my early in my career, just there's a reason why so much responsibility falls to the CEO seat or other key leader seats because they have a huge influence on everything, and and in particular in crisis, uh, they have a massive influence on how the organization weathers that storm in just their demeanor, their communication, their style, um, how they care for people, how they listen, and, you know, and or how they influence the cause of that organizational crisis, right? They can certainly have a role in it they have to admit to and, and own and, and apologize for if, if appropriate. Um, and, and I just can't emphasize enough now that I've seen this so, so many times, good and bad, that those the key leaders who are listening to this, you know, just recognize your role is significant and that should be lonely and it should be challenging and it should be, I mean, this is a tough role that the leaders we work with have. Um, and it's not to be underestimated. Yeah. And I I love what you say, but it it goes both ways. People Mm -hmm. will say, well, it's not fair that the CEO is held to a different standard than the frontline team member or employee. And I would say, but it is what it is. Absolutely. It's why, I mean, in reality, it's why they're compensated more. I mean, like they're compensated to own that, right? That's part of the reality of being in that seat, right? There's a compensate, yes. you know. And uh, so for us as leaders yeah. and owners mm-hmm. or whatever we yeah. happen to be, mm-hmm. hey, let's act, in, you know, and there are things I act way differently because I know there are all sorts of eyes looking at me. Yep, yep. And, you know, I because of that, I have a safe very, I have some safe places I can speak freely. What if I misspeak in certain, you know, on our life team, not a problem with my yep. wife, not a problem. Yep. But on the front line, when everyone in the community sees me, that's not a good place to misspeak. I'm mm-hmm. way more careful with my words there um, and actions. Yep. Yep. Well, and I think, and I think, um, that's where, you know, what you're talking about is some of the things that we'd want to, you know, recommend and we work with leaders all the time. What do you put in place? You know, how do you think about a crisis now, right? And what you're talking about is is, is identify your safe places, right? Identify, um, like you, excuse me, you said before, um, what are the nutrients, right, from mm-hmm. uh, the book People Fuel that um, <clears throat> John Townsend has written, for those of you who want to check it out. Um, you know, looking at those relational nutrients and figuring out where you get those from, putting names next to them, right? Getting a life team, which we can help you with if you don't have one. Yeah. We can talk about that. You know, I think it's, we've alluded to in podcasts in the past, seasons and rhythms on, you know, the importance of habits, daily habits, weekly habits, seasonal habits. Th- these are all ways to begin to shift your leadership philosophy and, and, and your approach to being much more steady because now you have set for yourself some habitual guide, you know, kind of guideposts that help you be steady and appear more steady. You've uh, given yourself outlet for emotional turbulence within yourself to go find and, and build um, relationships outside of your organization or alongside it such that you can be more steady. Uh, and then, you know, these things really prepare you for that crisis, whether the crisis comes tomorrow or the crisis comes 20 years from now you have begun to establish yourself as a much more predictable leader uh, in a good sense, in the sense that they can rely upon you now to be what they need right in the middle of that crisis. And again, you don't know when it's going to come, and you can't possibly prepare for everything. You can't scenario plan everything, even though there's some value in that too. Um, It starts with leadership. So in a consulting world, if you happen to see organizational crisis, what are – what's something that good organizations or good best practices to do Yeah, from a consulting perspective? Yeah, no, 
I think one of the, it's funny, I've had this conversation, I might have brought this up on a previous podcast, but I've had a, and this applies to anything, but I had a client ask me one time, hey, you know, the leadership team, was we were talking about this or this, which do you think? And I said, well, do you all agree on one? <laughs> In other words, sometimes it's how you do it more than what you do, mm-hmm. right? And so being able to build communication and alignment and change management, all those things are more important than necessarily even the path you choose. Right, because there's sometimes there are multiple ways to get to where you want to go, and there's not necessarily oh this one saved us eighteen dollars and forty three cents compared to the other one. Like, what should we go with? Yeah. Well, do you have alignment amongst your leadership team? Can you? Is there? Um, what's the change management plan? What is the connection to your mission, your vision, your values? Can you articulate that clearly and communicate that effectively? Like, that's those things are more important, far more important than the actual path itself, in my opinion. Now, sometimes the path is distinctively different, but Many times they're not. We well, get stuck. And I love what you say, you know, in terms of the path and communications. Uh, sometimes the wrong path can get you there even faster amongst a good organization. Yeah, absolutely. And that drives me nuts because I'd be like, I got the right answer, but Eric, everyone hates you because of it. Yeah. Versus not the right they had the wrong answer, but they worked as a cohesive team and still beat you there. Yeah. Oh, and so I would say what I have learned, and as I've coached other people, number one, how do you own it? Just own it. Because even if you get the right answer, but you've alienated your entire team, mm-hmm. we have lost. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not only the path to get there, but it's, it's the way in which you, you know, you walk that path, you know, as a team. And I think that's, that's the thing I have found is, is, is so much more important than even just getting the answer right. Yeah, it's, it's just how you design that and build that team cohesiveness. And I think a lot of it is how, how are we interpreted in terms of our team looks at us. So a lot of times we get the answers. We know exactly how to get there. And I, I've seen your mind work and you're like, okay, we're going to do A, B, and C and it's going to work. I'm like, that's right. But even if you have this perfect plan, if your team doesn't come with you, oh, you're yeah. there by yourself. And this is where I love 360 so much because it basically says, is your team with you? Yeah. And my and there's a different way I do 360s that it's more than just a bubble filling uh, good to bad. It is an actual narrative 360 and there's a way to do it. Because steady, you know, steady doesn't also steady doesn't mean not taking risks. I want to, you know, we yeah. said you got to be steady, but no. you can still take risks. Well, yeah, the difference between steady demeanor versus versus business opportunistic business, mm-hmm. yeah, opportunistic. And you business. see this with great football teams or great yeah. you, what you name it. You can be a very risky coach, but you're very steady. And what's my game plan? How yeah. am I going to do it? Yeah. And once you understand that, it's it's really how are we going to be intentional as leaders? Well, and interestingly, the 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 um, the difference between those two, you know, is I think that in fact, by allowing yourself to form habits and steadiness in several aspects of your life, you are actually able to take far more risky decisions in a rational way. Absolutely. Because you've taken off the table, taken off quote unquote, your cognitive load, number of things that you never have to think about. So mm-hmm. like, you don't have to think about what you're wearing. You don't have to think about what you're eating. You don't have to think about your schedule. You don't have to think about like, you don't have to think about that stuff. So now your mind is completely applied to making these risky decisions in the most rational way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would put it, you know, for leaders who are trying to figure out the difference is, is you, you, you now take off your mental plate so many things by creating these habits. So here's a little homework. In your organization, just go back to the last organizational crisis. So wherever we're at, just think back to your last organizational crisis. What happened and how did you lead? Mm-hmm. Did you nail it? 
Did you miss something? What would you do differently? And so wherever you're, wherever you're listening to us, in your car, or on the subway, at home, on a walk, you name it, just think, what was the last organizational crisis and how did you lead? Yep. One other thing I would throw out too, I actually had an interesting conversation with somebody about our podcast uh, last week um, and let them know that we are always open to new topics, new ideas. Um, if there are things you'd like us to explore, shoot us a note, especially if you've got an organization or people that you work with or lead that maybe should hear this and you want to, you know, for example, this was about sales coaching and content that we might do there. And so if that comes up, we'll certainly give them a shout out and thank them for um, sending folks our way to listen to the content related to what they submit. But yeah, get, send us content feedback, uh, send us ideas or questions, and uh, we're happy to put those into the schedule. Yeah. But until then, hey, go to the consultantofthecoach.com, reach out to us, uh, look at Josh's latest blog on organizational crisis. I, I'm just even reading through these notes. I, I love seeing what he has written. He's very intentional and you can see and you can just download it for free and just see and then apply it to your org and see um, how you would do it. So until then, until next week, it's going to be another good week. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. See you guys.